This is True Self, a podcast about seeking to know who we really are using the language of astrology. I'm Laura Sweat. Today's episode is about nurturing and caring for yourself and what you can learn about what you uniquely need to be able to do that with your moon sign. There are a ton of things we can talk about when we talk about the moon in your birth chart and in astrology. There's working in cycle and learning to align with the cycle of the moon. There is uh, the house of your moon and the phase of the moon you were born under. There is all kinds of stuff. But today we are explicitly talking about how learning about your moon sign can teach you about the specific kind of nutrition you need to charge your batteries and make sure you're coming at life uh, giving from your overflow, not from your center. I think this is particularly important at this moment in time. We want to show up in community. We want to show up for each other, and that's very beautiful. And when we try to do that from our center and from a depleted place instead of from a full place, we tend to get worn down, burnt out, and overall we're just not as good for each other as we can be when we fill ourselves up. I've really come to see nurturing ourselves as our first responsibility to one another. I've noticed how much better I am for the people around me when I'm taking care of myself. And I've noticed that when the people around me take care of themselves, they're a lot better for me too. So I think this is just touching into this topic as a a first way to look at it in your chart, but it's a very important topic that I am very personally passionate about. So I recorded this episode live without an audience. It was kind of an experiment to see if I could get uh, through a whole podcast live. It went okay. Uh, If you want a supplement to this work and you want to dig into your moon sign, go to my website, trueselfastrology.com. I will also link it in the show notes and check out the workshop, the masterclass I did on birth chart journaling, which includes a download with questions you can use to explore different parts of your chart. And with that, let's get into it. Hi there. This is a test of the way I am thinking about doing podcast episodes where I'm going to do a live recording where people can join me and then use the audio for the podcast later. So in this test run, I'm just doing a live video recording to see how I like it uh, so that I can change my mind if I want to before I invite anybody out here. (laughs) So let's get into it. Today's episode is about using your moon sign to know how to nurture yourself. It's about nurturing yourself in your body so you can come at life from a place of being filled up and cared for. To my mind, This is our number one priority. It's the thing we have to do first. It's the put your mask on before assisting anyone else of life. Yes. (laughs) So if your body and your emotional life was a machine, the moon represents your body and your emotional life. And if that was a machine, your moon sign would be like an instruction manual for keeping it in good working order. And it would also point to some of the challenges you'll have in keeping it in good working order. Our moon sign tells us how we emotionally regulate, how we feel safe, and how we can nurture ourselves. So it's a very, very useful place to start in looking at your chart if you're getting started. And if you've known your moon sign for a while, it's also useful to take another look at it 
as you're thinking about how to nurture and care for yourself and get good information from your moon sign about that. Most of us are very bad at nurturing ourselves, at making sure our cup is full. And in a lot of ways, that just has to do with the culture we're living in. Like our culture really does not give a shit if we take good care of ourselves. It honestly kind of discourages it and frames it as selfishness. When, of course, when you consider it for a moment, you realize that when you try to give from your center, when you're not full, when you're not cared for, when you're not at that sort of peak emotional health, full emotional health, like full battery kind of place, when you try to give from a low battery, you just get drained and it takes a really, really long time to recharge. And you don't show up with your full gifts as your full self, right? Learning to show up for others only when we've filled our own cup, filled our own battery, to my mind, is really a lot of how we learn to show up in the world with everything we've got. It's a lot of how we can actually share ourselves with the world um, in our fullness instead of uh, partially and from a place of depletion. And often that depletion goes with resentment and burnout and all those kinds of things. So... We're heading towards eclipse season this month. The Sagittarius full moon on May 26th is going to be an eclipse. It's going to initiate us into this next eclipse season. And I am thinking about a number of things. I'm thinking about how raw eclipse season was last year. It coincided with a Venus retrograde in Gemini, and it's when... Um, George Floyd was murdered and the Black Lives Matter protests were blowing up and uh, we were experiencing that really raw rush of, of meeting each other to try to change our circumstance and being completely overwhelmed by that experience, especially, especially for, for people of color. And so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about all the ways in which that overwhelm is already starting to set in. And I'm thinking about how very helpful it is when we want to show up in community and we want to show up for others to prioritize nurturing and nourishment of ourselves so that we can show up from a place of connection and love for each other and not so much from a place of this kind of dead and gray, like ouchy, like I have to keep giving something that I don't really have. Um, it's my belief that no matter where you're coming from, showing up from not having it is going to be bad for you and ultimately not contribute to whatever community you're trying to contribute to in the first place. So I think that self-nurturing is something that I do see as our responsibility to ourselves. And the first thing we want to think about for ourselves, but also I see it as our first responsibility to one another as well. Um, and I, again, feel that we're really trained to not think of it that way. So that's why we're talking about the moon today and, and using it to understand how to care for yourself. So one more note about sort of current context for thinking about self-nurturing and the moon. This last year has been a time when a number of circumstances have conspired to help people understand what they find very unsatisfying about working all the time and not uh, taking care of themselves. So a lot of people who have been able to work from home are very much not wanting to go back to the office. There was a Harvard survey that came out at the end of March that showed 81% of the respondents did not want to return to the office full time, which is a huge number. Um, and then people who have had to be out there working also are dealing with kind of feeling undervalued. 
Um, and like a lot is expected of them, including their very health and well-being for very little pay, right? There's just a lot of um, people wrestling with how am I going to live my life? How do I really want to live my life? Uh, now that I'm seeing, I don't necessarily want to hand it all over to my employer for a paycheck. So I think that this topic is also really, really relevant to that. If you're in a place right now where you're trying to find your next step and you're trying to figure out where you want to go from here because you know that what you were doing for money is not what you want to be doing, learning how to nurture and care for yourself and just fill up your battery is the place from which you have to start. If you're making decisions from a place of stress or anxiety, um, you might end up in a kind of similar loop of like stress and anxiety. So that's that. And I know I'm making it sound very simple. Obviously, when you have not been used to nurturing yourself, self-nurturing is a practice. It's something you have to adopt and work with over time. It doesn't just happen automatically because you know uh, your moon sign and what it says about how you need to nurture yourself. But knowing your moon sign and what it says about how you need to nurture yourself can be really helpful. So <laughs> I'm trying to determine how much meta commentary I want in here. The part where I transition in my outline is the part where I usually stop the recording. So that's, uh, that's what's going on for me right now. Okay. So what does nurturing mean? To me, it means primarily three things. One is nervous system regulation. So knowing how to recognize when you're stressed, right? What's happening in your body when you're stressed and how to get yourself back to regulated, you know, low heartbeat, like calm. That's nervous system regulation. So if you have a trauma background, your nervous system can get deregulated really easily. You can get triggered into stress responses, um, sometimes through things that are very confusing and don't seem to be inherently stressful, um, that are just associated with trauma, like the PTSD triggers are like that, right? You can get triggered by the smell of coffee or something if that was around at the time a traumatic experience happened. But also just... Um, you know, like oversensitivity to criticism can be a trauma response. Um, so you get thrown into a super intense stress response from that kind of thing. Uh, there's a there's a whole list <laughs> of things that can deregulate us. And so one of the first things we need to do is figure out how to comfort ourselves if we didn't learn how to do that already. Things like this is just from like just basic trauma stuff, wrapping a warm blanket around yourself, drinking a hot beverage, uh, taking a bath. Like there are all these like sort of coping strategies to bring our nervous system uh, in line. Obviously, deep breathing and meditation is a big one. So nervous system regulation, big component of making sure your battery is full and taking care of yourself. A second... Sorry, I realize I'm looking at my phone on a recording right now. Um, a second <laughs> theme of taking good care of yourself and nurturing yourself is what I've labeled nutrition. It's like getting the basic nutrients you need out of life to be filled. And this can be much more individual than just the nervous system regulation stuff, which is pretty much like kind of like all humans are going to need to regulate their nervous system. But what you personally need to feel filled is going to be unique to you. And that is a little more where your moon sign can come in and give you useful information. So some people are going to get really filled up by their social relationships. Some people are going to get really filled up by just their one-to-one -one relationships. Some people need a lot of intellectual engagement to feel full. Most people need some kind of sense of purpose and meaning to feel filled up. So these are, are things that I'm putting under the label nutrition that can be individual to you, that your moon sign can give you more information about. 
And the final category of things that you need to do to make sure you're nurturing yourself is uh, self-love in general, learning how to be kind to yourself, learning how to love who you are in everything that you are, which again is a practice. So today we're talking primarily about that middle number two way of taking care of yourself, the nutrition part, the stuff that fills you up as an individual and, and gets your battery full. I've said that so many times at this point, but the full battery thing, it's really working for me as a metaphor right now. So the moon, once again, it represents our bodies and our emotional selves. So if you uh, go back to that first episode of the season about the seven planets, you'll note that there are, well, there are a few planets I talk about uh, representing our incarnate experience, but Saturn is like the furthest out representing sort of our, our eternal infinite selves being crunched down into a mortal form. So that Saturn is like the big indicator of mortality. The moon is the most local planet. It's the closest to us. It's interpreted as beaming the energies of the rest of the planets to us. So it is a really important intermediary role in sort of bringing bringing astrological energy to us. Uh, That's a causal view of astrology that I don't necessarily subscribe to, but whatever, it it works for now. Um, The moon is very important in understanding how transits are affecting us, how other planets are affecting us. It's it's like the, the thing that sits between earth and the heavens, right, is the moon. And it's associated with mothering, which is why we go to it to look for how we need to be nurtured. It also tells us about how we received our parents in early childhood. So the way we learned to nurture ourselves is represented by our moon sign. And so obviously it's going to tell you some really useful things about how you need to be nurtured and what you uniquely need to feel filled. And it also is going to tell you about the challenges you have in nurturing yourself. Um, And those challenges can either come from the, the sign of your moon. So some moon signs are not as easy to emotionally regulate with as other moon signs. Um, some moon signs might be easier to regulate with emotionally if we felt more social approval for the way that we naturally regulated our emotions, right? So, so that comes in. Um, and then there also can be, if you're a little more advanced, uh, aspects to your moon in your chart that are going to affect how you experience your emotional regulation, uh, style. For example, If your moon is touching Saturn, you probably have some kind of emotional inhibition that you experience, that kind of thing. So, do, do, do. Um, Your moon sign is going to tell you what you need to feel safe and how you can comfort yourself when you feel insecure. So, it gives you a way to contemplate your unique needs in emotionally regulating. And it also gives you a way to respect that your needs uh, can be very different from the needs of others. So for example, if you have a Virgo moon talking to a Sagittarius moon. There's something similar in these two emotional regulation styles because they're both mutable signs and they're going to tend to shift and change pretty quickly emotionally in the way that mutable signs do. But the Virgo moon is going to need 
a lot of order and cleanliness in their environment, typically, to feel secure and safe. They're going to need to feel like they're understanding things materially and also having things organized and orderly and working around them materially. Virgo moon needs cleanliness, I think, much more than a lot of other Virgo placements, honestly, because it's emotionally regulating in that sorting kind of style. Whereas the Sagittarius moon is not really going to have any interest in its material environment in terms of emotionally regulating. They're going to be more needing to get out and go do things and experience new things to emotionally regulate. They're going to need to grow and have adventures to keep themselves, comfort themselves, um, feel nurtured. Um, So those two people might really struggle to understand why the other one needs what they need, right? The Sagittarius moon has to get out of the house when they're feeling messed up. The Virgo moon needs to clean when they're feeling messed up. But those needs are just how they emotionally regulate, how they learned to take care of themselves and how they can comfort themselves uh, as they move through life. So, all right. I do, I am noticing that I have a habit of saying so um, a lot when I'm doing live presentations. What I'm trying to do right now is figure out how long I've been recording. I'm not sure I totally can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what I think is that it's short enough that in this episode, I can go through and do a little quick 12 signs um reading. That's what I want to say. So basically it's, it's not a reading. Um, I'm going to tell you the basics of each of the 12 moon signs is what I'm going to do. So I haven't done that, gone through the signs and described something, uh, in a while. So if you want to know what your moon sign is and you don't know it right now, you can use the time passages app It's in the App Store. It's in Google Play as well. Um, It's a good app for just getting the basics of your chart, understanding the essentials about what your chart says about you. So you can use that app. Uh, You also can look at episode three of this podcast and Go to my website for the live version of the workshop I taught on chart journaling, which is going to give you some specific questions you can ask about each planet in your chart, and you can use those questions for your moon sign as well. So here we go. So saying so. All right. If your moon is in Aries... You are emotionally regulating in a style. I'm not sure that I actually want to start describing the style of each um, each sign. Let's back up. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I, I don't have it written down and I don't feel like uh, improvising. So if you have your moon in Aries, to feel safe, you need to feel independent and able to take care of yourself. You need to be able to protect your boundaries well. Boundaries are very, very important if you are an Aries moon. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you might seek some element of challenge or competition, some ability to win at something, and Physical activity can also really help to direct moon and Aries energy. In fact, physical activity helps to regulate fire moon energy in general. I feel like it like that you kind of need to burn stuff off with the fire moon. So physical activity can be really helpful. Your early experience of your parent or parents might be as brave, as independent, or as hot-headed and angry. Um, And other characteristics of a moon in Aries are 
quick flares of temper that can be intense, but they usually don't stick around for too long. Again, Aries anger kind of burns off, um, but it shows up. If your moon is in Taurus, that means your moon is in exaltation. It's it's a very nice moon to have. To feel safe, you need to feel stability, material comfort, and security. And also you need some element of pleasure present in your life. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you're going to seek out sensual pleasure, food, sex, beautiful spaces, outdoor and indoor, snuggling up to partners and pets, uh, all kinds of pleasures. That's really where a Taurus moon seeks comfort. Also just home is very comforting to Taurus moon. Early experience of your parent or parents might be as very steady, very stubborn, or very security focused. And other characteristics of moon and Taurus are appreciation of pleasure, cuddliness, and some material focus. So shopping may be a way of emotionally regulating for moon and Taurus. And again, we're coming to these. That also can happen for all the earth moons, uh, Virgo and Capricorn as well. Um, And this is overall a comfortable way to emotionally regulate. It carries an ease with it. That doesn't mean that if you're a Taurus moon, you can't have challenges with emotionally regulating. There's a lot of other stuff uh, touching your moon, connected to your moon, and in the rest of your chart that can affect that. But overall, the style of emotionally regulating for a Taurus moon is pretty chill. It's very chill. It's very nice. If your moon is in Gemini, to feel safe, you need to talk about what you're feeling. You need to connect to both your intuition and your logic and be able to access both your introverted and your extroverted self. So that's that two sides of intellect with Gemini. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you seek being in conversation with others Learning from a lot of different avenues and a lot of stimulation is comforting to a Gemini moon. Your early experience of your parents might have been as intellectual, as charming, as talkative, or perhaps as embodying duality. So some Gemini moons might have experienced parents as sort of that two-faced thing. And other characteristics of Gemini moons There are introverted and extroverted expressions of a Gemini moon with an introverted expression being a little more learning focused and extroverted expression being a little more conversation focused. And it's helpful to Gemini moons to make space for both expressions to let themselves take in and also express and and keep in mind honoring both sides of that. If your moon is in Cancer, your moon is at home, it is in its domicile, which means that this is a very, very natural style of emotional regulation. That being said, when planets are in their homes, they sometimes can be really, really, really strong in a way that can kind of overwhelm other parts of our chart. So that's worth keeping in mind with a moon in Cancer. To feel safe, a Cancer moon needs to be nurtured, nourished, and cared for, and to nurture and nourish and care for others. To comfort themselves when they feel insecure, a Cancer moon would seek uh, people who feel like family and family-like structures and something or someone to nurture. So gardening, for example, caring for pets, baking for people, that kind of stuff, uh, comforts Cancer moons when they're feeling insecure. Early experience of parents for Cancer Moons might be either as quite nurturing and supportive or as like over-involved and emotionally suffocating. Those are sort of the two ends of the Cancer Moon parent experience. Uh, Parents are usually really highly emphasized in a Cancer Moon's emotional life and separating a Cancer Moon's emotional life from the emotional life of their parents can be really important. Other characteristics of Cancer Moons, they can be moody. This is a lot of water energy. It's an emotional regulation style that is like the ocean. In fact, 
actually, let me say, a moon in Cancer might emotionally regulate by literally being near water. That that can help a Cancer moon as well. Um, but yeah, this is a lot of water energy and water stuff uh, can be just sort of flooding and lots of sort of weeping and that kind of thing. Uh, cancer moons are highly receptive and intuitive. And in this space, as I said, the moon is able to nurture and nourish easily. One thing I feel like I notice about water moons, water is an element where emotional regulation happens pretty naturally because water is the element of emotion, is the element of connection to other people, um, emotional connection to other people. But I feel like a lot of the time water moons struggle with the way that they emotionally regulate anyway because we tend to need to cry and we need to really emote and like be very deep in our emotions. And there are a lot of things about uh, our culture that can shut us down in that or make us feel like that's just sort of wild and crazy and, and too much. So one of the main things that a water moon, even a cancer moon where the moon is very at home might need to think about is letting themselves fully emote and cry in the way that they need to and not sort of stuffing that down because it's uh, it's like too much or weird because that can be a thing. All right. If you have moon in Leo, to feel safe, you need creative expression. You need to be able to act on inspiration, to find places and environments where you can shine and people can see what makes you special. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you might seek out attention, acknowledgement, appreciation from others. Again, creative expression, the ability to express who you are in some way. And learning how to give yourself acknowledgement and appreciation is also really key for a Leo moon. Your early experience of your parents might be that they were the center of attention. They were glamorous. They might have also been overbearing or narcissistic. Like with a cancer moon, an intense experience of the parent is likely with a Leo moon. Often you might expect a cancer moon to have a little more intense experience of their mother, Leo moon, more intense experience of the father, but that that doesn't exactly line up. It's parents. Early nurturing is what the moon represents. Um, yeah, so with Leo, though, the thing that they need to separate from their parents, Leo moon, is their identity. Cancer needs Cancer moon needs to separate their emotional life from their parents. Leo moon needs to separate their identity from their parents. Other characteristics, uh, Leo moon can create a magnetic quality in a person, a tendency for somebody to be the center of attention. And also for them to kind of have this warmth that is their kind of day-to-day -day way of being. If you have moon in Virgo, to feel safe, you need to have order in your physical environment. You need to be able to analyze and consider information to take information in and feel like you can see all the pieces. And you might even need to find ways to be of service to others. That can be something that helps a Virgo moon feel safe is knowing how to help. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you'll seek out order, understanding, and literal cleanliness, like actually having things clean and your space clean. That's energetically helpful to all of us to have our spaces clean. Virgo moons can really, really feel that they need to have their space clean. So that's a way of comforting oneself as a Virgo moon. Early experience of your parents, if you have a Virgo moon, might be as health conscious, as particularly introverted, or as self-criticizing and unable to accept themselves. And other characteristics of moon and Virgo it's a placement that can have a lot of anxiety. Uh, Virgo rules like the gut brain connection. Uh, so 
there can be a lot of stomach upset with the anxiety as well. And good literal nutrition can be really important for Virgo moons as well. And also just recognizing that 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 regulation of their anxiety and their stress has a connection to their stomach and how their stomach is doing and that they can actually read what's going on with them, like sort of literally through their gut. If you have moon in Libra, to feel safe, you need harmony and balance in relationships, but also within yourself, a sense of fairness, and to feel likable and connected to others. Yes. (laughs) So very often Libra moons and Libra placements in general do this, but particularly Libra moons will try to um, focus on other people and making sure everybody else is getting along and that there's balance within a system that they're part of. And they might neglect to notice the balance within themselves or bring themselves into being considered as part of that fairness, right? Like fairness to the Libra moon is also important, not just that things are fair for other people. And that's a way that Libra moon can get out of balance. And balance is is the whole thing that you're doing with a Libra placement. So when it comes to having a Libra moon, being emotionally balanced, keeping things in balance, uh, not letting anything get overemphasized, that's really, really critical. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you might seek out being in a group of people that you can uh, relate to socially. Finding balance within, as we just said, um, taking your focus, not totally, not allowing your focus to be totally on external reconciliation of interpersonal issues, but, but bringing that focus into yourself to reconcile internal imbalances. Your early experience of your parent or parents might be as having been very liked by others or having difficulty with confrontation or making things appear better than they are. So somebody who could kind of like shine, put a shine on something that that was under the surface, maybe not as lovely as they made it appear. Other characteristics, there can be this people-pleasing aspect to a Libra moon, and they have a gift for making people feel comfortable and, and for even just bringing together groups of people. So it's important for... Libra moons to be very considerate of their boundaries so they don't get lost in that interpersonal aspect. If you have moon in Scorpio, you have the moon in its fall, which means you have a very challenging moon. You emotionally regulate through uh, emotional overwhelm, essentially, like sort of through being taken under. So there's a real, real need to cry and to let to let your feelings be as dramatic as they need to be to kind of move feelings through and, you know, to then consider like, maybe this isn't as bad as I'm feeling it is, but to let yourself have the full emotional experience of it first. Uh, to feel safe, A Scorpio moon needs to work through a deep and often volatile emotional experience in ways that allow the Scorpio moon to connect with their own strength, to feel their strength in the face of challenges. To comfort themselves when they feel insecure, Scorpio moons seek deep connection to and merging with others, and they need to ride the currents of their emotion and allow themselves to be overtaken. It's There's a real submission to the intensity of your emotion that's required to be good at having a Scorpio moon. Early experience of Scorpio moon parents might be that they were very magnetic, very strong-willed, powerful, or manipulative. And other characteristics of Scorpio moons Uh, Like all Scorpio placements, they have a capacity to see what's under the surface of people and read other people's intentions. And 
this is a difficult and uncomfortable way to emotionally regulate. So moon and Scorpio, like all placements, it's going to be fine if you have it. I have it. I've said that like a whole lot recently, but I've been talking about my Scorpio moon constantly. Uh, it's going to be okay if you have a Scorpio moon, but it's challenging. If you have moon in Sagittarius, to feel safe, you need to feel expansive and alive, to take risks and leaps of faith, to be able to explore, to comfort yourself when you feel insecure. You seek out adventure, exploration, fun, and the type of growth that comes from exploring. Depending on the rest of your chart, you might have a more intellectual mode of exploration. You might need to really like read new ideas and get into philosophies and stuff, or you might have a more physical, like I literally go out and do new things and see new places to emotionally regulate uh, kind of style. Um, or you might have both. Early experience of the parents for a Sagittarius moon uh, might be as philosophical or very absorbed in larger ideas. This can be that the parents were even very religious or just very domineering in their ideology, like the child was really expected to take on the parents' ideology. Um, and your parents also might have been unpredictable or had that kind of um, traveler uh identity or mode. I think about um, when I was learning what Sagittarius meant in general, I had this idea of like the like wandering hippie kind of thing. And that can sometimes be the early experience of a Sagittarius parent. But another form of that can be that the Sagittarius moon parent was just very into their own ideas and really sort of zealot sort of a zealot. Sagittarius, when it when it goes wrong, can be just obsessed with its own idea of the truth. Other characteristics of Moon and Sagittarius, it's optimistic and it's even silly. It needs to have fun and they can sometimes make moves and take risks without thinking through the consequences. Again, that's a little bit of a fire moon trait in general, but I would say particularly Sagittarius because of the mutable, changeable quality. If you have moon in Capricorn, the moon is in its detriment. It's very much not at home here. Uh, so this is another challenging moon. Again, it's going to be totally fine if you have it. You just have to kind of work harder at mastery when you have these more challenging placements. To feel safe, a Capricorn moon needs to build material security and achievement. So literally like a good savings account is something that will let a Capricorn moon feel safe. To comfort themselves when they feel insecure, a Capricorn moon might seek to shore up their material security in some way, to accomplish goals, to climb to new heights when it comes to their goals. Early experience of parents for a Capricorn moon might be as responsible, traditional, accomplished, materialistic, or even out of touch with their own emotional needs. And other characteristics of Moon and Capricorn, they tend to deal with grim reality pretty easily compared to other signs. So they can be a little, they can seem especially a little aloof when dealing with their emotions. They likely have a dry sense of humor. That's a general Capricorn trait. And the, the themes of nourishing and nurturing are just a little hard to access here because it's very easy in Cancer, which is the opposite sign and is all about nurturing. Here in Capricorn, which is a little more about structure and discipline, it can be harder to access nourishment and nurturing. Um, but with these challenging placements, it's all about recognizing that it's okay for you to regulate the way you regulate, right? It's okay for a Capricorn moon to need material security to feel safe. And also recognizing that you might need to bring balance to that, right? So there might be ways in which this gets a little too dry and self-oriented, and you might need to bring in some uh, nurturing emotional connection to balance out some of that Capricorn in your moon. If you have your moon in Aquarius, 
to feel safe, you need some ability to find a logical answer, to observe other people and to observe yourself even. There's a certain detachment that you need to feel safe uh, and you need to feel intellectually understood, like you can express yourself uh, intellectually, like express your ideas, express what you're thinking. To comfort yourself when you feel insecure, you might seek out understanding systems, especially complex systems, uh, connection to other people around matters of thought, opinion, and intellect. And you might even try to solve humanitarian problems to, to comfort yourself when you're feeling insecure. You might go to addressing the problems of human beings or of communities as a way to feel comforted personally. Early experience of Aquarius moon parents, uh, you might experience your parents as very reserved, uh, disconnected, or not paying attention to the Aquarius moon it can be an experience of the parents, and uh, not acknowledging or sort of giving space for the Aquarius moon's ideas is another way that, that you might experience your parents with this moon placement. Other characteristics. Uh, detachment is strongly associated with Aquarius and with an Aquarius moon. So there is an, a regulation of emotion through intellect. Now that's also true with Gemini moon and with Libra moon. With Aquarius though, because it's fixed, um, fixed air, fixed air energy, you get a really sort of strong experience of it. It's very... It's connective intellectually with other people, but it's stubborn, like all the fixed signs. It just kind of sticks in place. And Aquarius moons need to have space to work through things rationally and intellectually, even though it's their emotional regulation style. And finally, if you have your moon in Pisces, to feel safe, you need to be supported in your sensitivity. You need to be emotionally connected to others to be able to indulge in fantasy and even like a little escapism. Um, Pisces moon, so it's another water moon and it's the water sign that really has the loosest boundaries. And Pisces in general struggles a lot with the very concept of boundaries. And so that can be tough for Pisces moon. One of the things I think about for having a Pisces moon that you can really work with is finding places that are safe for you to kind of like let loose and, and be totally who you are. Uh, not being around people who are going to excessively criticize you is real, real important if you're going to emotionally regulate well as a Pisces moon and also being very okay with crying is important to comfort yourself. When you feel insecure, you might uh, get lost in imaginary worlds and you might really need to flow in a state of release, like of letting go and not get too specific about what's happening. You might just need to kind of, let go. That's a that's a real Pisces trait. Early experience of your parent or parents might be as imaginative, as sensitive. You might have experienced them as victimized or as playing the victim. And you might have experienced your parents having addictions or other things that kind of took them away, uh, dissolved boundaries between you and your parent. Other characteristics Moon in Pisces, because of that sort of like flow without boundaries trait characteristic, it can really pick up on the pain of others and it can be very healing to others. Uh, but without boundaries, that can get very draining for the Pisces moon. So if you have earth sign placements in your chart and your Pisces moon, those can be helpful things to look at to kind of give you a container for your emotional experience. If you don't have earth sign placements, but you have earth sign people in your life, those earth sign people can kind of create a container, like a way for you to, to experience yourself not totally ungrounded in this emotional space, but, but connected to ground. 
So earth is an important element to connect you from the perspective of Pisces in particular, because it creates structure, it creates boundary around this sort of limitless experience of emotion. Okay. So that is that part. Um, so let me think about, about how to wrap up here. So in my view, nearly every part of your chart has to do with self-love. And when it comes to taking care of yourself, there are other parts of your chart that will come into play. If you need to enforce boundaries and get a handle on boundaries, your Mars sign is going to come into play. And you do, right? We all do. Uh, when you need to follow what gives you pleasure and what you deeply enjoy, your Venus sign comes into play. And just generally in accepting and loving all of you, your whole chart comes into play. But the moon specifically shows you the kinds of things that you need to do to nurture and care for yourself. And for that reason, it's an especially helpful thing to connect to when you are feeling like you need to either come into a difficult situation well-nurtured or when you're feeling like you need to just kind of show up for your life in the way that you want to. All right, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you're taking away something really helpful. And if you found this valuable, I would love for you to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. You can also leave us a five-star review to just help us get the word out about the weird and wonderful ways you can love yourself better and live a more fulfilling life with astrology. See you next week.